Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louise. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louise. <laughs> Kate McMahon, we're having a chuck out. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And I like props to the person that thought let's normalise throwing away toys oh. to the population of children who love Bluey. <laughs> Except Bluey toys, right? There's a bit of mixed messaging coming from Camp Bluey because there are a lot of toys now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you need all of them, though. Yes, that is <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I had the hilarious experience the other day of walking past a hippie shop. We're talking about Mr. Monkey Jocks, by the way, but I'll continue <laughs> with this fascinating anecdote. What is what? a hippie shop? Oh, is, is that one of those ones you with know like what a hippie shop like is? Crystals like, and like crystals weird woven and material catches yeah. and it kind of smells like incense. And wizards um, and things, yeah. Many wizards. There yeah. was a what seemed like reasonably priced, even though I really don't know what the value of one of these things is, salt lamp in the window. Oh yeah. And yeah. my immediate reaction it was oh, I don't have one of those yet, but I've seen them on Bluey, so obviously I need one. (laughs) We can have ours. No. We've we've got one sitting in the shed. I'll give it to you. (laughs) Did you buy it because of Bluey? No. Liz McMahon, my amazing mother-in-law, gave it to us years ago, and um, Tim is not a fan of the salt lamp. (laughs) So after years of consternation with me advocating for it to stay in the house and him, he's won. He's won this war. Well. Oh, but it still wasn't a complete chuck out. It's still in the shed. It's still in the shed because, you know, it might some- come in useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I still know nothing about the potential or otherwise benefits of a salt lamp. But, um, yeah, I did walk away from that shot going, actually, perhaps I need to tone it down. I have indoor plants. That's, that's enough chilli of my inner chilli <laughs> being, you know, attended to there. Oh, yes, I want that one. And that one. Oh, I definitely want that one. Anyway, uh, it is very easy to become a consumer, I guess, is the moral of the story, especially with kids around, right? Yeah, and especially when you've got house goals like the healers, right? Like uh, they have got everything. And I think there would be a lot of kids looking at the volume of toys in Bluey and Bingo's playroom going, yeah, that looks about right. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Well, no, we can definitely relate to that playroom. Um, not to the cupboard being opened and all the toys falling out as banded experiences because it is so rare that our toys get put away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I paused this scene though, Mary, and had a quick look. I think they've done every single toy is a different toy. Wow. That yeah. doesn't even happen at home. We've got no. double ups. Like what about your Macca's toys? <laughs> <laughs> and all those ones you get at the supermarket when you go to Bunnings and exactly. they give you the little forklifts and things. Okay, so maybe healers aren't getting those, but they seem to have a never-ending supply, right? Yeah. (laughs) Different toys. But shout out to the art team because that is an amazing effort. There must easily be, I don't know, 100, 100 Mm. different toys in that room and to have every single one of them different, I was seeing little bunches of grapes, I was seeing avocados, I was seeing... Pig things, mermaid tails and all sorts. So Amazing. I think we had a similar conversation when we saw the wall of uh, mid- midnight unicorns. No, what Moonlight. Moonlight. Moonlight unicorns um, 
in the Quiet Game episode. And uh, I'm not sure if I'd call it a we know that now, but uh, someone did come back to us and to your claim that none were repeated and say, well, actually, if you look at this one and that one, like they are exactly the same, but the colours have just been switched or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm paying it. (laughs) (laughs) The colours are different. They've been switched. It's different. Anyway, so, yeah, look, obviously it's not just the Ludo team are paying considerable (laughs) attention to detail, but uh, I'm backing the Ludo team on this one as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Kids, can you not leave all your stuff everywhere? Ow! Biscuits! (laughs) Also incredibly real to life. Uh, are advertising brochures the worst thing in the world? (laughs) (laughs) We don't get them. We've got the junk mail stickers. So, you know, we we generally, the only one I want, I wish I could put no junk mail except the Aldi (laughs) catalogue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the Ikea catalogue. Everything else, I'm good. I am in Aldi often enough that I am like regularly refusing the catalogue because like <laughs> the poor attendants just can't keep up with me because like they recognise you and they're like, oh, yes, you have a catalogue. But, uh, yeah, when I'm there on Monday I get a catalogue but then not on the subsequent Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because <laughs> obviously I already have the catalogue and they're like, oh, why don't you want a catalogue now? I'm like, oh, well, if you brought out a daily catalogue, I'd probably take it. But, I would take it. Um <laughs> But, yeah, so we don't get get them into the house either. And I can remember as a kid, you know, pouring over the Kmart catalogues and just like Bluey's doing. But mm. at daycare they have piles of catalogues and let the kids cut them up and stick them onto paper and bring home their shopping lists. <laughs> and my rage is just rising <laughs> as I even say it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh Okay. Um, so I would be having words. Uh, have you had words yet? Because that seems flagrantly irresponsible. uh, It's so like, so it hasn't happened with a toy catalog yet. They have more kind of, you know, necessary thing catalogs, I guess is what I would call them. Like, like you know, like the Coles or the Woolies. Yeah. So supermarket, but then also, uh, Australia post office, which does have like, you know, They've got a lot of toys. They've got they a lot of toys and toys. Books. A lot of uh, like drone, a flyable drones as well. <laughs> like a flyable drone is on Bond's shopping list every time he comes home. In fact, this even escalated to the point where a lot of the kids in the, his room were like organizing the sleepovers they were all going to have once COVID ended <laughs> and making the shopping list for all the things they needed for this eventual magical sleepover, including every kid gets a drone. And I'm like, really, <laughs> <laughs> you were born into the wrong family. Um, when you find your true richy rich parents, good luck with that. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love yeah. it. Consumerism is being conditioned in more ways than we know, I reckon. <laughs> uh, it is out of control. It is. Jack, can you buy me this Tommy Teddy, this Starlight Unicorns, and this Rainbow Boo Bear? No. I mean, I'm constantly amazed at the volume of stuff. I don't even know where it comes from most of the time. It just seems to multiply. Like, yeah, we've got three kids at three different age stages and just, like, keeping the toys at even, like, a level where you can move without dying because you've just tripped on some (laughs) tiny hot wheels like it's a mission yeah yes I've definitely gone from the oh you know toys will be put away kind of parent which was theoretical only to the oh it hasn't reached (laughs) knee level yet I guess it's okay (laughs) like what can you do (laughs) Uh, 
Um, well, we're about to move house and Age is talking a very big game on this house will have zones and there will be zones where the tw- – I don't know where this term zones come oh, wow. from. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, the healer house does have zones to a certain extent, so perhaps we're, you know, aspiring yet again to be like the healers. But, uh, yeah, he's talking such a big game that, you know, toys will be in that room only. Uh, because we will have like <laughs> more rooms available than we currently have. We will see. It's probably lucky he doesn't listen to this because it's going to be. <laughs> oh no, I should tell him to li- make this the one episode he listens to. So it's a I told you so moment at the end of it. <laughs> so have you been having a chuck out? Uh, yes, so many chuck outs. And yeah, there is no toy as desperately wanted to be played with as the toy you've just put in the giveaway box, right? Oh. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> have I you feel... ever tried to engage the kids in removal of toys? Or it's just impossible, isn't it? So a few years ago, because we were drowning in toys, I sectioned all of our toys into six boxes, and mm-hmm. I was only bringing one box in at a time. Eventually, I got tired of rotating, and now I just <laughs> have five boxes of toys. But magically the house seemed to multiply more toys anyway right so So boxes are their natural breeding habitat is that what we're thinking here I'm not sure (laughs) but regardless uh we now have this situation where I've got like six boxes of toys that and almost never played with sitting in the shed and every time I go to like get them out and go through them and be like okay well surely we can get rid of these we haven't played with them in a long time that is the afternoon where we'll we'll sit down in the middle of the backyard and play with literally every single box and there's <laughs> toys all, and it's like the magical, wondrous day where all yeah. the toys are there. So, yeah, I don't know that I can break his heart. I might just have to do it when he's at daycare one day. <laughs> <laughs> and because you've got the move coming up, you can be like, oh, sorry, it must have oh. The movers lost it. Yeah, that's those movers are going to be the most maligned movers in the world. I can already tell. (laughs) They will be suing for defamation for sure. (laughs) You kids have got too many toys. What? We've hardly got any. (laughs) That's it. We're having a chuck out. So where to? (laughs) Where to? So uh, they're having a chuck out. Bandit's got his two piles. Keep and chuck. This to me was very Sex in the City movie part one where like Carrie's moving apartment and she's got the girls on the bed and it's like keep or chuck and they're all like holding up the little card saying, yes, you should wear it, no, you shouldn't. Uh-huh. Um, but- it was very ahead of its time because that's kind of the condo method, isn't it? The, <laughs> you know, the magic, the life-changing art of tidying Tidying up up. that yeah Yeah. you're meant to kind of just put everything in a pile and work your way through it I don't think they were doing the sparking joy bit but Mm. yeah pretty much and I have to say like um I I don't know what other parts of the world were like but when that series launched on Netflix it was so prolific that people were just chucking out so much stuff that um one of the Victorian departments I think it was Delp had to put out a statement basically saying Maybe consider using what you already have before, like, <laughs> throwing it all away. Yes. That is very good advice. Like, I, I am, you know, and that's the problem with toys as well because, you know, in theory the kids would play with all of it at some time, but at the same time I guess that's the other message of this episode that 
yeah, bingo comes in and I'm bored. It's the overwhelm that's actually stopping them playing with any of it. So, mm. so yeah, there's a balance to strike there, but how you strike that balance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without wanting to become like one of those Instagrammy influencer mums that only has the little tiny wooden groom toys <laughs> and things, like it's, it's a hard one to get right. You want your kids to be able to talk to their friends about Lego and Hot Wheels and all the rest of it, but at the same time you don't want like all that stuff takes up just so much space. So yeah. I'm sus on those Instagram mums with just the wooden toys. Um, yeah, and one I'm tiny sure the container of the playroom is just a pile of plastic, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, one basket for keeping and one basket for chucking. No! But we keep all the special toys and nothing's going in the bin. It's all going to needy kids. So the conversation turns to the difference between needy kids, um, who in theory we're going to be the chuck-out pile goes to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously Bandit and Chili have a very different approach to this. Like <clears throat> you can imagine kids being horrified by the idea of chuck-out, but whether needy kids is more evocative or whether they're horrified by that idea too, a bit hard to say. Um well- I was interested in this concept of needy kids because my mother-in-law, Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth, is a prolific op shopper and she mm-hmm. found so many amazing toys for the kids at op shops. So, uh, and my so your kids, kids are the needy kids. <laughs> they're not needy. So, you know, like surely it's just the the economically savvy kids you know, yeah. rather than the well, needy kids. Economically savvy grandparents. Yeah. Um, well, I guess there is an argument to say even if it is not a technically needy person buying the good, the money that is then made goes to the needy people. So That is true. That yeah. is the good thing about an op shop, like, uh, an op shop is just the perfectly designed, well, until it gets swamped with junk that people, you know, would never buy. Yeah. Um, I love how an op shop works. Like it's such a good invention. I love how it's just such an old school invention that was, you know, dealing with waste before waste was even a buzzword kind of thing. Um, and I just like op shopping at them as well. So Yeah, I love, I love an op shop where they don't understand how much things cost. So... Oh. You know, when you go into one and it's like every book is 50 cents or something like that, you're just like, I have struck gold. It's Man, amazing. that It is. I do not strike gold very often anymore. And growing up, like as a kid, I was an op shopper where you kind of, the little old ladies were just, you know, there for the cuppa and the chat kind of thing and had no idea. And you could work a pretty good angle of being a wide-eyed little kid, you know, kind of going up and maybe there was a price tag or maybe you were kind of just hiding that and like, how much does this cost? Oh, <laughs> um, and you usually, yeah, you usually <laughs> get away with 20 cents. So, um, yeah, that does not happen anymore. Um, and I am, have much higher morals now as well. So I pay whatever is asked <laughs> at an op shop. I can assure you. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. But it's a good day when you get a bargain at an op shop, oh, especially for sure. if it's something that you've wanted for a while. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, it's fair to say that this exercise is pretty dismal. Uh, uh, not one toy ends up in the chuck basket except for Mr. Monkey Jocks, who yes. is promptly rescued by the girls. We can't chuck Mr. Monkey Jocks. But you never play with him. We do. He's special. Well, you better show me he's special if you want to keep him. Every toy's special in a way. 
<laughs> uh, we see that Chili's a pretty soft touch on this uh, early on with um, Lady Sparklehound as well. Mm. So, yeah, we, I'm feeling like we can't entirely blame the girls at this point <laughs> for wanting to hold on to every toy. Have you ever gotten attached to one of your children's toys? Because I know I definitely have ones that I won't chuck just because I like them. So. Well, the ones that are so loved by us are not worth op shopping anyway because they've been so hard, you know, the loving is very hard at our house, so they're mm. just too. So we'll just, you know, love them to death, I think. <laughs> uh, what have yours been? Mm, so, like, just ones that, like, like my friend Liz from overseas sent, like, this beautiful mermaid doll for Aww. Olivia and, yeah, she's she's never really been interested in soft toys, but there's been a number of the ones that she's been given that I've kept just because they're so beautiful. So, yeah. um, and I live in hope maybe one day she'll like soft toys. The the toy she's liked best over the years has been that Miffy Nightlight. That oh, really? <laughs> she used to take that to bed with her for years. I was like, it's hard and it's plastic, like you know, like. She that's, really liked it. Oh, that's so cool. Bond takes a nightlight to bed with him as well. He hugs this little, like, hard plastic dinosaur. So, there you go. You know, perhaps the nightlight industry needs to work out they've got this whole extra target market of kids that want to hug <laughs> nightlights. girls are instructed that if they want to keep Mr. Monkey Jocks, they have to show that he is special to them. And they take this challenge on with zero hesitation. And (laughs) I'm going to make an early call, Mary. Line of the episode is you're probably going to regret that. (laughs) So Yes, uh, it's a beautiful setup and I love it gets repeated down the track as well. Um, but yeah, Bandit, Bandit is having a lot of regrets that he even got out of bed this day, I reckon, cause just nothing is going right for Bandit, especially once Mr. Monkey Jocks is on the scene. Breakfast. I'll just take my seat. Hey, <laughs> that monkey's in my chair. It's his chair now. <laughs> well, where am I supposed to sit? This episode to me was throwbacks to teasing. Like, is Bandit getting teased pretty hard in this episode? <laughs> yeah, he probably is. And there was actually one scene that just, it was so fleeting and it really just spoke volumes to me as what parenting is. And it was when he was in the soft play centre and the girls were just firing cannons at him <laughs> with like those soft yeah. And like he's just running with his hands in there going, ah! <laughs> like that is parenting oh, in yeah. like in like a two-second montage. Uh, just constantly under attack. grenades. And you just screaming, going, what the hell is going on and what happened to my life? (laughs) Um, It's almost a montage. You say that scene was fleeting, but, yeah, it's a montage of all the ways that they make Mr Monkey Jocks special. (laughs) I love just his, you know, his face technically doesn't change all throughout, but he just looks increasingly smug somehow. Am I projecting here or do you think something's going on there? No, I'm feeling it, especially when they start adding in the shades later on. Like, yeah. um, yeah, I took notes on that that uh, Bandit um, owns Wayfarers, which uh, to my mind, are, yeah, are the ultimate cool. So um, <laughs> good to know that not everything from back when he was cool is in that crate in the garage. Um, Just add that to the purchase list. <laughs> 
that was not a sponsored comment. Um, but yes, perhaps perhaps my kids' consumerism isn't actually that far from the tree. Um, but yeah, it all culminates when um, Mr. Monkey Jocks gets the biggest prize in the house, which is obviously the love of chili. Chili. Oh, come here, lover boy. Babe, can you please help? Huh? How's my little monkey man? Hey, mate, that's my wife. Not anymore. Mum married Mr. Monkey Jocks. What? <laughs> it was your heart breaking a bit. Come here, lover boy. Yeah, it was, it was uh, just such a moment. And then when banned, it's like, oh, that's my wife. Uh, <laughs> Defence is so good as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Just slipped my mind. Uh, Um, But then when, um, like, the girls happened to mention, oh, you you can be his butler mm. and Bandit just gets the glint and Chili knows immediately that this is going to be bad news for the girls (laughs) and for the games and just the repeat of that line there. Yep. Yeah, so Hands good. down winner. Yes, sir, right away. <laughs> You're probably going to regret that. This game is Bandit and Chili kind of, you know, as much as it's Bandit versus the kids, it's also kind of Bandit versus Chili, um, which I love that in a game. And, um, you know, there is a level of conversation happening between them and their different approaches to decluttering, which I think is a big <laughs> uh, conversation that a lot of couples have. Uh, no one in particular, I don't know. But <laughs> he doesn't listen, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the I love that it all comes down to um, once they've been kicked out of the house um, by the mad with power Mr Monkey Jocks, um, it comes back to that conversation about spoiled and what actually, you know, a spoiled kid is. How could he just kick us out of our own house? It's very rude. Well, it's kind of our fault. We spoiled him. What does spoiled mean? They've done it without really actually giving examples of a spoiled kid. They've managed to role play it all with Mr. Monkey Jocks, which I think is really smart because, you know, in other kids' shows you see, like, the, the, the spoiled kid trope is done to death but it's always that bad kid over there is spoiled and we won't be spoiled like them kind of thing whereas mm. feels a lot uh a lot more gentle and a not, lot nicer if it's actually just a monkey wearing jocks <laughs> yeah but it's actually quite difficult to explain what spoilt is right like you know and I guess for kids if they're listening to that explanation are they going to take it in where they might understand that the behavior of Mr Monkey Jocks isn't what we're after so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. thought it was very smart going for the demonstrate rather than try and, and explain it, yeah. yeah, or try and pull examples out of, you know, thin air. And spoiled is so hard to work out by comparison as well because, you know, the healer girls obviously have a lot of stuff, but everything's relative as well. So mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't very want. Yeah, exactly. So you wouldn't want, you know, the comparison to be, oh, well, the rich kid down the road has a motorbike, so they're spoiled. And I, I can picture a lot of, you know, conversations as a kid where it was very much about who has what, um, mm. which 
you know, how do you avoid that? Like, obviously, any kid goes to any other kid's house and comes back with all the list, the long list of things that they've got that you don't have. But um, yes, but if you have those, you might go mad with power like a monkey. Um, <laughs> it's a good lesson. <laughs> listen, mate, I think it's time for a certain someone to find somewhere else to live. I didn't mean us. Did you get sort of King Lear vibes from this, you know, like throwing the girls out of the house sort of thing? That is all I know about King Lear, I think, that he turned on his children. Is is there more (laughs) to the story? Was there a monkey involved? (laughs) Maybe a butler. I don't know. It's been a long time since school, but... Yeah, def- there was definitely something very Shakespearean about the monkey jocks arc, I reckon, yeah. <laughs> and probably also, you know, underpants on the outside, that's almost a doublet, right? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very Shakespearean. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm gonna go there. lesbian. That was harsh but fair, sir. Aren't you being a little unfair, my sweet monkey man? Having told this kind of morality tale of Mr. Monkey Jocks, um, I love that Bandit and Chili then, and it's actually Bluey that initiates it, get to take over the story by having the monkey whisper to them, which is mm, pretty mm, cute. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's a nice direction to take it in to show, you know, they really they really have learnt their lesson that he's not happy with, uh, with everything he's got because he's bored now. And... Um, Perhaps they could learn from that as well, I suppose. <laughs> mm. I thought it was a it was really nicely explained because I mean, there's been so much conversation um on all the professional development sort of sites I see about um, you know, finding happiness in COVID times and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, um, what going through extended lockdown here in Melbourne showed me more than anything is that I actually don't need that much to feel happy. It's like the things that you actually, when it all boils Mm. down to it, the things that you need to make you feel happy aren't the things that you think that they probably could be. Like it's definitely not going to shops and, yeah, it's spending time with people that you love and it's spending time outside and, um, yeah, those sorts of things. So, Drilling back down to those values, I thought was a nice sort of turnaround from the the antics. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was a bit of a relief, I have to say, that the girls got the message, and then they were like, "Okay, and now we can throw." You know, it was like that release, and yeah. that was reflected in the in the actions. Definitely, and you know, they obviously felt happy throwing them away as well. And then, you know, we really get the Mari Kondo moment. They're actually saying goodbye to each toy as they put it in the donate basket. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that that to me spoke very much to thanking it for its service. <laughs> <laughs> have you done Mari Kondo? You sound um, like you have. Uh, no, I've seen some of the TV show. I have the book. It's about to go on the chuck pile. <laughs> what? Good for me. I haven't read it yet. Okay, cool. Uh, it's going on the to Kate pile. Uh, <laughs> you are my needy child in this case. Um, and yeah, like I, I read half of it. Basically, you're meant to ball up your t shirts really small and the things you throw out, thank them for their service. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I did do a YouTube tutorial on the folding. Actually, I think you already do the folding, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I have not implemented that in my life at all. But oh, is, it, is it life-changing? Okay. Oh, it's so good because you open a drawer and you can see everything and then you can pick out the thing that you want and everything stays nice. Mm. Well, mm. nice is nice, but folding is annoying. Folding. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I think I'll uh, let you, yeah, let you take the lead on that one. <laughs> and look, to be honest, like it's such a waste of time folding for the kids because like we'll just get into a drawer and um, Joe is in a real baby Yoda phase where he just like he'll get my nice basket of folded washing and throw it all over the floor for entertainment. So, Aww. yeah. He is such a baby Yoda. He is, he's such um, a destroyer and he's so cute. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and Mr. Monkey Jocks. I hope you make someone feel special. This episode, it would have been enough for me that the girls were giving away things happily, but, of course, we have to burst into tears. So oh, yeah. that hasn't happened yet. at the hospital. Was this the emotional sucker punch for you, Mary? Because I just, I just lost it. I yeah. think like oh, I, it definitely. came out of nowhere, and I was just like, "Oh God!" Now we're in a hospital. Now, don't get excited. It's just a little something I found in the op shop. Thanks, Mom. <gasps> it's a monkey wearing jocks. I love him. Like it was so short, so I was amazed that yeah, I was tearing up by the end of it. But um, yeah, I felt like. Do you reckon beagles? I felt like I was connecting to those beagles pretty hard. Yeah, it looked, looked captain-esque, so, yes. yeah, potentially. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I just it was a very meaningful scene because of all the time, like as I said earlier, my mother-in-law loves buying stuff at the op shops for the kids. Uh-huh. And so many times when they've been in hospital, she's come in and been like, oh, I got a little something from the op shop for the kids. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I've really connected with that moment and um, that moment, you know, like anyone that tries to bring a bit of joy to kids when they're in hospital in that moment is so special and, yeah, it was. I felt quite emotional watching it because I felt like I was remembering all the experiences that we've had with our bunch and, yeah, and, and it's so important, like some of the things that Liv's been given on wards have been the things that she now treasures the most, like um, Quilters Victoria do this amazing initiative where um, they'll they'll go around and give every child in the hospital a um, homemade quilted blanket, for example. Yeah, Yeah, I know. And, um, yeah, Liv, like, has to hold it. She sits under it every day, even now after she Mm -hmm. had a pretty major stomach operation last year. Last year? Year before. So, yeah. We are in 2021. It's the end of 2019. <laughs> are, we, are we really, though? Who no, knows? We're, so, we're, in, we're in at the mm. moment. Like, I was like, God, it's March already. I feel like we just started. So Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, yeah, it was, it was it's beautiful. beautiful. And I guess that is the flip side to this episode as well. Like in so many cases, you know, yes, we're surrounded by stuff and we need less stuff, but sometimes it is more than stuff because it's the memories we attach to it. And, mm. yeah, the fact that this little kid takes the monkey and is obviously just so happy, um, th- you know, there is a reason we have so much stuff and it is important to us. And I thought that was a nice way to even out the episode before everyone goes and 
throws out everything in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was a nice emotional um, finish as well for kids because parents who might be using this episode as a tutorial yes. you know, like to say, oh, we're going to do a chuck out just like they did on Bluey mm. and all the stuff's going to go to needy kids and you can put in the big box and this is what will happen to it afterwards. Yes, you know, like so necessary. Toy will go off and, and you know how that toy made that child so happy, your toy will do that too. So, uh this episode is a gift. It is. It is. I just life lessons via Bluey. It's great. Um, anywhere else you know to take what? it? It's another lesson I don't have to think of how to teach my kids. <laughs> I can just be like, let's watch Bluey. Oh, man. Um, we should make a list of all the lessons that we're still having to teach our kids and then just submit them. Yeah. <laughs> like sort it out. Oh, he says he doesn't want everything he wants anymore. Oh, why ever not? Because when you have everything you want, um, you listen, Mum. Nothing feels special anymore. Oh. So, music mm-hmm. in this episode, Mary, uh, and it is an original composition. And I love that in the start, there's almost, if we divide this up into sort of three themes. Yep. So the first one we have is this sort of um, quite fun, swinging interval, almost marimba-esque sort oh, of yeah, section. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear and, that. And there's like this honking, I think it's just done with a synthesizer or something. To me it reminded me of, you know, in those old olden day sort of circus things with the, the little bicycles with the horn. Oh, yeah, like, sure. Doo, 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 doo. And um, it reminded me like that instrumentation really evoked like a monkey sort of sound. Oh, sure, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. And with the swinging intervals, it really sort of mm. gave that sort of, it was it was really building on that sort of monkey character and I guess yeah. fun and, and stuff that comes along with that. But then we have this change and it's quite dramatic when um bandit is invited to be the butler and all of a sudden you get this classically sort of version of the same tune but it's focusing on things like violins instead right formal-esque okay so he's a royal now kind of yes so it's that sense of entitlement because that's coming through in this sort of aristocratic sort of style of music. Yes. You really do get that sucker punch, I guess, emotionally that, oh, actually this is more than just a game now. This is actually just pure entitlement. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's out of control. He is out of control and it it becomes less accessible, I Mm. think, because, you know, like when you've got that sort of that fun sort of dance music earlier yeah everything's kind of rosy and then when you get into this formal section it's it's almost like a little bit um yeah forced uh, and it feels a bit more panicked there are bits that go a little bit faster than we've seen previously um and then we get this lovely bit once the girls realize oh he actually looks a bit bored where the music kind of stops and then the guitars come in and we've seen the guitars sort of as the rounding out sort of music in lots of other Bluey episodes, I think. Okay. Um, Probably Markets with the busker. Yeah. guitars at the end. Yeah. Um, there's more of those that I'm thinking of. Um, like Grandad. You oh, go okay. from that, oh, that, yeah. that fast-paced sort of bluey, gra- blue gra- bluey grass. Blue grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's its own thing. <laughs> yeah. Bluegrass country rickroll sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into this lovely guitar sort of mellow at the end. 
Yep. And that's the sort of similar vibe that we're getting here. It gives this sense of resolution, like we've come to a great conclusion that everything emotionally is where it's meant to be. You feel that safe and secure, you know, if all is right in the healer house when mm-hmm. you return to that guitar riff. So, um, yeah, I just thought uh, very clever dividing it in those sections. It really does give extra emotional cues to the yeah. the viewer on how they need to be responding to the action on the screen. So um yep, full props. Good job Love guys. It. Love so it. beautiful. Um most valuable player for you, Mary? Oh look, as much as I didn't like how dark uh the Mr. Monkey Jocks uh arc got um (laughs) I think no chucking out would have happened if it wasn't for bandit in this episode and I need chucking out in my life right now so yeah bandit for me what about you (laughs) Mm, I'm gonna give it to uh chili I think she mm, am I gonna give it to chili you know know what I'm gonna change I'm gonna go with my most valuable player is that lovely I'm going to just call it the mum dog at the end. yes. Because she reminds me of my own mother-in-law and I just thought that that was beautiful and it made me cry like a baby. So, yes, I'm going to give it to her. She brought the house down with, like, three lines and, yeah. yeah, Uh, So well-deserved. Honourable mention to Chili because there was so much of that game that she just uh, had so much fun with and even, like, that scene where she's standing outside the door going, I you loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved oh, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Have we? <laughs> uh, well, you know, yeah, there have been a few Mr. Monkey Joxes in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't trust them is what I'm saying. They're better out in the chuckout box. Um, they yeah. did not bring joy. <laughs> <laughs> no joy was given. Um. I have, uh, we know that now, that I am excited about. Um, It is from uh, increasingly regular correspondent to the podcast, my dad, who sent me (laughs) me a YouTube clip after we did um, the episode Typewriter uh, with just a very cryptic, you need to watch this, start it, you know, four minutes in or whatever. And what it was was a very, very boring uh, like armies amassing scene from the original Spartacus film. So like we're talking all early days of Hollywood here. I, I haven't really done the research, but it looked old Hollywood. And, yeah, thousands and thousands of, I assume, like Roman soldiers lining up on this valley and, you know, one general talking to another and nothing happening, nothing happening. Anyway, eventually the I don't know which side it is even, uh, but someone in this, valley-based uh, battle gets these giant wooden uh, look-like rolling pins, oh. set them on fire, and they roll down the mountain and win the fire. So we've seen um, the rolling dog. I guess these are rolling logs. Um, I'm glad that uh, Snickers was not on fire for <laughs> 
<laughs> the playing of that game in typewriter. It but it did look metaphorically, like, but not literally. <laughs> the shots were very similar. So uh, I think, yeah, I think there might have been a bit of inspiration taken there from Spartacus, which otherwise looks like a very boring film. <laughs> so thanks, Dad. <laughs> Just one of the greats of all time, Mary. Yeah, I'm sure well, Blake is like listening to us now, just shaking his head. Yeah, all you need to know is uh, Rolling Logs and I Am Spartacus, I assume, and that is the film. Was there <laughs> someone yelling, Sausage Roll? <laughs> no. Damn. Um, so, yeah, that was really good. We know that now. And yeah, I've got nice work. Really um, lovely bit of we know that now stuff from um lovely autumn in michigan in the states who um got on board uh pretty recently and checked in she was she um was up to our calypso episode and wanted to know if we'd worked out that the music was saint song <laughs> oh yeah we worked it out of, well we did work it out but because we remember which episode, in advance so yeah. if, uh, if you remember which episode we nailed or kate nailed that and sang a bit of the babe music um from the movie babe then let us know but um autumn also says that calypso humming through children's playtime um is very much a steiner kindy kind of tradition um and it's one of her fondest reasons for sending her own littlies to um Waldorf-based preschool. Um, Their teachers sing and hum most of the day and um, there's different, you know, tunes that they use for winding down or getting ready to begin. Um, So that element of Calypso is very real to life and Autumn says just kind of so, so lovely. Yeah, she's humming all day. Well, I don't know. Maybe not all day but, yeah, throughout the day, much like Calypso. She also said uh, on your recommendation, she read Jocelyn Morehouse's Unconditional Love. So thank oh, you, Kate, oh, um, so which was a great recommendation. Um, I am looking forward to getting to that one a year and a half later. I, I can I can give it <laughs> to you. a better friend than I am. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll skip you for uh, my Mari Kondo. Sounds good. Um, and, yes, she discovered Megan Washington through Bluey and through uh, Calypso, through the voice of Calypso um, as well and said, um, yeah, what an amazing voice. And actually she looked up the episode of Australian Story that Megan Washington was on um, and found out a lot about her background and the fact that um, she stuttered and that, yeah, her singing career had to kind of address that and she found her voice. So, yeah, that's been a real deep dive by Autumn and it was lovely hearing from her and hearing her Steiner expertise as well. So that was really cool. So thanks, Autumn. Okay, I think we're there. Yeah, I think we are too. Um, Uh, Now, Mary, are we maybe taking a break, do you think, over the next few weeks? Possibly. Uh, Wait and see. I'm not even sure where this episode is airing at, but uh, hopefully I have just moved house and Kate is just about to end this glorious maternity leave and start (laughs) glorious work, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually really excited. It'll be good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't see us for a few weeks, don't panic. That has happened before that we've taken yeah. a few weeks off and people send concerned emails, which yeah. is lovely. But, yeah, look, we still have episodes to go. So We will be uh, back on board super soon. We may be just, you know, preemptively saying this and it doesn't need to actually happen. So we'll yeah. wait well, if we're back next week, be very honoured. We have clearly just smashed all our life goals. <laughs> is sorted there's no stuff anywhere and we are just yep nailing it 
Mail and <laughs> I think it's likely, right, Kate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, surely after we read a couple of books, it'll all be. <laughs> Just, I think I think yeah. that's where we're falling down. Just yeah, not reading enough books. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's gosh! What we should do with our limited time. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Whenever we talk to you, can't wait. In the meantime, thank you, Kate. And it's got to be, be done. Bye. Bye. When did this happen? I was going to tell you. You left me for a monkey. <laughs> <laughs>